This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, is we're in your presence right now. We, we ask that you would lead us. Wherever we're at, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, wherever we're at, lead us to the cross of your son, Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. I don't know if you've been able to watch any of the March Madness basketball games, but, but I've been able to catch a, at least a part of a, a number of those games. And, and if you've watched them, maybe you've noticed what I have, and that is that every now and then, uh, a player needs to be subbed for, right? Maybe it's be, because they're tired, and, and so they need a, a sub. And, and then just being honest and stuff, right? You know, and I was a basketball coach in the past. Some of them need to come out of the game because they're not playing well at all, okay? They need to be subbed for. Have you ever had a day like that? Where it seemed like nothing was going right? Uh, You were tired. You didn't want to do it. You, You wanted a sub for life. This evening, as we're continuing our Holy Week series, Who is Jesus? We remember back to to last Sunday when we, we met Jesus, who was the King of Peace, who brought peace into even the middle of our broken pieces. And last night, Pastor Ben took us into that upper room where we saw the great teacher, Jesus, who showed us uh, by example to put our knowledge into action to become servants. And tonight, we're going to go to the cross. And keep in mind, the cross was real. And that Jesus was real. He was a real human being. He was God and man. It was, it was a painful, it was an emotional, it was a spiritual, it was a horrific, it was a real experience. It really happened. And as we think of the real Jesus on that real cross with real nails and real enemies all around him, as we think about his real story, understand that our real story, our real life, and his real life connect on the cross. And so as we look at the cross tonight, we're going to see another answer to our question, who is Jesus? So we got to take a step back. 
Remember that the God who created the world is perfect. Perfect in every way and every day. He is white, hot, holy. Okay, that means he not only doesn't sin, but that he hates sin. Sin and the white, hot, holy God cannot coexist. Sin must be destroyed. That's a part of God's nature, his holiness. The other part of God's nature is his love. And it's also there on the cross of Jesus where we see those two natures of God just meet and get fused together. Now that holy and that loving God gave his law. And law today for us, that's not a term of endearment, right? And maybe it's not a term of endearment for us because we know that we've broken the law and we feel bad about that. Or, or maybe it's not a term of endearment because we really don't care about it. We don't want to keep it. But keep in mind that the law was given by that holy and loving God. And so the law is an expression of God's character and his will. And so also then the law is really, really good. And since the law is an expression of God's character and will, what it, what it means is, is that when you and I, when we obey the law, what that means is we're really obeying God. Okay? And when we're obeying God, what we're saying to God is, God, I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for giving me this guidance in my life. I love you. Conversely, when we don't keep the law, when we don't keep the law, what we are really doing is disobeying God. What we're saying to God is, I don't like you. I hate you. I wish you weren't a part of my life. It's an assault on God and his character when we don't keep the law. It's cosmic treason. And you know what the penalty for treason is, right? Death. Which, of course, brings us to us, to mankind. Ever since the fall into sin... We have a sinful nature. And, and a lot of people struggle with that. They, they want to say, no, we're born good. And, and that's why they just get so upset when they look around and there's all this bad in the world. We have a sinful nature. We're born with that. And, and if you struggle with it, again, think of it this way. Have you ever done anything and immediately after you do it, you go, oh, man. I can't believe I did that. I don't want to do that. Or have you ever said anything in a, right away, right after you said it, go, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't want to say that. That's an example of our sinful nature bleeding through. And again, keep in mind, 
we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, no matter who we are. Now, the word sin is, is an archery term. And what it means is to miss the mark. And so you can imagine you've got your bow and arrow and you're aiming at the bullseye and you miss. That's what sin is. It's missing the mark. And whether we miss it by a quarter inch or an inch or a foot or miss it by a mile, it's a mess. It's sin. And remember, sin cannot stand in the presence of God. See, while it's true that, that perhaps, perhaps our morality will keep us out of jail, it will not keep us out of hell. If life were a basketball game, what we could say is that our sins are our missed shots. That they are our turnovers, that, that those are our sins are those times when we forget the plays. Our, our sins are those times when we miss our defensive assignment. So as you think about your life, your sin, the game and things like that, how's your game? Really? I know for me, I need a sub. My sin has ruined my relationship with other people. Is that a part of your life and anywhere along the way? My sin has ruined my relationship with me. Sometimes there are some internal conflicts and battles that just rage on. I don't know, you too? Have you ever heard that expression that, that sometimes we're our own worst enemies? My sin has ruined my relationship with God. And so my sin has cut me from God's team. Because sin and holiness cannot coexist. My sin can't be on God's team. And it actually gets worse. Because as scripture tells us, the wages of sin is death. Because of my sin, I'm not only cut from God's team, but I should die. And we're familiar with physical death, but what we're talking about here is spiritual death. When I sin, it kills my relationship with God. You're still. And unless that spiritual death is resolved, there will be eternal death. 
physical and spiritual separation from God for all eternity. And here's the thing, though. Well, all that's really crystal clear. The holiness of God, our our sin in our life, our our sin not deserving to be on God's team and all that. The the amazing thing is is that in, in spite of all of our turnovers, all of our missed shots, all of our sins in life, God still wants us on his team. And God wants us to live with him forever. So how can that be? How can God do away with sin without doing away with us? Maybe you remember that other big Christian holiday besides Easter. Christmas. Remember, maybe some of you remember the Luke 2 story and then then what Jesus said, right? That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son, Jesus, to be our substitute, our sub in life. In Hebrews chapter four, it's talking about Jesus uh, as our sub and it says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus was perfect. He never sinned, not even once. He never lied, he never cursed, he never swore. He never had a bad thought. He was just absolutely perfect. If, if we were to look in the, in the scorebook uh, on Jesus' stats, it would just be one amazing thing after another. Everything would be perfect. And here's what's really cool. As we look at that perfect record of Jesus in the scorebook of life, you and I actually get credit for the way he lived his life. So if you would look at your name in the the scorebook, it, it would just be perfect all the way across because you get credit for how Jesus lived his life. So who is Jesus? He is our substitute in life. And while that's amazing and and that's fantastic, it's actually not enough. Because as I, I mentioned before, the wages of sin is death. So Jesus not only lived a perfect life for us, he let our sin and the sin of the whole world infect him and just come on him. All of the sin, whether, whether you or I think it was a, a big sin or a little sin, uh, something, you know, small that we did or something big, Jesus took on all the sin. Even the really bad ones, 
even the ones where we watch the news and we go, even the ones that are haunting us. Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus being our substitute in death. It says this, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God takes away our ugly parts, our ugliest parts. He just takes those away and in their place, he gives us his holiness and righteousness. He removes from us the burden of trying to be good enough for God. And he takes away all of our sins and pays for them. That's what the cross is all about. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross because a payment had to be made for sin. And that payment was death. And you see, that sacrifice shows us the love of God. Because when we look at sacrifice and we think about sacrifice, we know that's, that's all about love. Parents know that, right? You sacrifice in love for your children. You give your time, your money, your energy, your passion. You set aside your dreams for your children. You sacrifice all that because you love them. God sacrificed everything, including his own son for you because he loves you that much. No gift reveals God's love more than the gift of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So who is Jesus? Jesus is our substitute in life and substitute in death. And because Jesus is our substitute in life and in death, he is our savior. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. The work of salvation is complete. Again, you can, you can let go of that burden of trying to be good enough for God. I already took care of that for you. It's finished. The, the work is done. And in the basketball term again, Jesus has already hit the game-winning shot. The game is over. He made the shot. 
Quit trying to make the game-winning shot. It's already been made. The game is over. Quit struggling. Quit striving. And celebrate the victory that you already have. Can you imagine, can you imagine in, in, in you know, when the championship game is played uh, this, this coming weekend and everything, if a team wins on the, the game-winning shot and, and the, the players there, instead of celebrating, are still out on the court trying to hit the game-winning shot? You'd be going, what's going on? Jesus has already won the victory for you. Because of Jesus, your victory starts now. To try and reinforce that a little bit, for those of you at, uh, worshiping online, uh, if you want to grab that piece of paper and, and the, your writing utensil, and for those of us here at the Ministry Center, those were uh, on your chairs when you came in. And uh, what I'd like you to do uh, on the top of your page is, is write this down, okay? Things I have done wrong. Things I have done wrong. Leave some space there after because, well, you know, right? So maybe go like a, a third of the way down and, and then write fears, shame, Guilt, regret. Fears, shame, guilt, regret. And leave a little space there too. And then write down things that are broken in my life. Things that are broken in my life. I'm not going to ask you to do it, but what would you write down under things I've done wrong? As you, as you look at the page, what belongs there? Selfishness, self-centeredness, uh, bad language, bad thoughts, bad attitudes, Different conflicts, pride, insecurity, jealousy. I mean, you know, what, what, what are those things that you've done wrong? And then fears, shame, guilt, and regret. Again, I, I'm not going to ask you to, to write it down, but what, what could go there? What, what are you afraid of? What, what, what is in your mind God not big enough to take care of so you have a fear about it? Is it finances? Is it health? Is it the, the kids? What, what is it? What is your fear? Either your regrets, your shame, your guilt? What, what is that? What is it if I, if I had you come up here uh, you know, on stage with me and if you're worshiping online, I had you come here and you're on the big screen and everything. And what is it, what is it that you for sure don't want me to ask you? you know, uh, what is it that you don't want me to ask you about? So imagine you're standing here and I go, so what don't you want me to ask about? What is that that comes to mind? That's, 
most likely, right, under that fear, guilt, regret, and shame. The last one, things that are broken in my life. You just feel stuck. You're sad. You, you think it'll, it won't change. It's, it's the way things are. Maybe it's a, a spot of, of where you just can't forgive and you feel broken because you can't. Or maybe it's, it's some type of addiction. You just go, this is the way it's, it's going to be. This is your score sheet, right? Uh, full of things. Full of things that we remember. Kind of glad that didn't have to write that out. And, and right there, there are things that we've forgotten about that could have, should have been on the sheet too, on the score sheet. Well, you know what God does is he takes your score sheet, your scorebook, and he puts it on Jesus on the cross. And Jesus takes care of it all. All. All means all. If you think, because I know I have sometimes, that your sin's no big deal, then look at the cross. It was such a big deal that Jesus, God's son, had to die for it. If you think, and, and I have before, that your sin is too big a deal. It, it can't be forgiven. It's too big. Then go to the cross and see Jesus, God's son. He's, he's bigger than all of our sins. He, he really did pay for all. No exceptions. If you ever find yourself wondering, do, do I matter? Do I matter to anyone? Do I matter to God? I, I know I have. Then go to the cross and see how much you matter to the God of the universe. Here in the ministry center, we can hear the sirens going on out there. God rescued you. Through his son, Jesus, our substitute in life and in death. Colossians 2.14 says, having canceled the charge, score sheets up on the cross, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Jesus took away all of your sins. 
sense that you've committed bad things you've done, good things you've left undone. He's removed all your charges, all your failures. Your sins and your charges are removed and you are forgiven. The cross of Jesus wipes away all of our sins. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.